broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Balls McWednesday. How you doing out there? We're doing all right. Florida State getting set midweek here. Beautiful week in Tallahassee, Florida. Holy moly. Should be doing this show outside today, my man. Now, there are a lot of benefits to, to getting the hell up in the morning, right? But uh, none better than when it, that crisp, cool air hits Tallahassee and you're out the door before the sun. Standing in the yard with a cup of joe, staring up at the stars, and that cool air hits you. Woo, that was great this morning, buddy. Well, to your points about, you know, trick-or-treaters last night, how many did I get? Well, we've got a long driveway, so we set up at the end of the driveway As on you the should. street. Yeah. And by about 6.30, 6.45, you could feel the front pushing through, and it just got better and better, better as the night went Better and on. better as the day went on, I agree. gorgeous last night. I just stood, I was reading a book, and I was like, I, why am I reading inside? What am I doing? Went outside. Before the trick-or-treaters got there, I was just reading out in my front yard. <laughs> I have a giant pirate coat that's pretty pretty good-looking like as a costume. That I... Oh, I thought you were meaning like a Pittsburgh Pirates coat. I'm no, like, sir. Oh, no, no, no. If I did, I would have given it to you I long was, ago. I was going to say, my man. No, like Captain Jack Sparrow, just this huge coat, and it looks clean. This five-year-old comes up last night, cute kid. He had taken the mask off because it's too warm. And he says, I love your jacket. And I, oh, thanks. He goes, where's your hook? And he was devastated. Where's your hook? So I tried to make one out of my pointer finger. And he goes, that's your finger. And immediately I thought of Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. It's not a gun. That's you, your finger. You said your finger was a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so enjoy that just like you enjoy the ranking, just like you enjoy Florida State's place amongst the football elite, just like you hopefully will enjoy – a big win. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I listened to Narduzzi this week. I knew he was going to have to address the situation. He's talked twice, and he has addressed it uh, once. He had a lot of nice things to say about Mike Norvell yesterday. He talked about how uh, the program has been built back, and the you know he, he said what every coach says after watching film of Florida State. Oh, man, they're really good. Yeah, they are. they got a lot of choices. A lot of choices. I'm always telling my kids, like, you have to do good in school, even if you don't like school, because that allows for you to have choices. You want more choices, not less choices. Florida State's got an abundance of riches when they're healthy. And I think all coaches that sit down and watch uh, film of Florida State, especially when they have their full bevy of of talent, says, well, damn it, man. If I hyper-focus on this, 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 and this, they're just going to hit this guy and this guy. And, you know, that would be – that would be unsettling as you watch that film, I would think, because you can't take everything away. No, and that's something that if you take away the designation of night one, night two, and you just say, how many draft picks does Florida State produce? We're circling back, and it's easily 10, and it could get upwards of 15 or 16, depending upon depending upon how many guys go, you know, or if the retention game continues to be strong, and they say, all right, 
I'll come back one more year. I'll make some money and then up my stock so I can be a day one guy or a day two guy. But Florida State genuinely is closer to 15, I think, than 10 at this point of draft picks. That will be drafted? That will be drafted. And that's where these coaches, that's where these coaches see it on film every week. They're not lying to you when they say they've got players everywhere. Yeah, fifteen, huh? That's interesting. I, I might push back on that a little bit. I don't. I don't think they have fifteen players to get drafted right now. I think that play. A, are you saying that play a major role for you? I mean, they would show yeah. up on film if they did. I, I. I don't know about a few of those linemen. I, on offense, yeah, I'm not counting a single one. Okay, on, good, because I, I would say none of them. No, you've got at least five players on offense, and that's Johnny, Keon, Trey, sure. Jaheem, yeah. and Jordan. Mm-hmm. They're all going to get drafted. Yeah, I think you could probably throw Morlock in there. I don't mean this year. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, in the future, uh, when, sure. When, when he leaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just this year. Okay. That's those five. So that's, I like those five. There's five there. Uh, the defensive line, you're going to send quite a few. You know, uh, Hopefully not Daryl Jackson. Hopefully not Daryl Jackson. Hopefully not Joshua Farmer. Hopefully not Patrick Payton. Yeah. But, no, you, you definitely will with Verse. You will with Fabo. He'll be a second day Fisk. guy. But uh, Fisk will get drafted mm-hmm. as well. Renardo's yeah. going to get drafted. Renardo, Renardo will get drafted. Ventrell's going to get drafted. Late, very but late. But that's what I'm saying. You're taking away the designations yeah. there. I think Kellen Deloach will get drafted. I don't think Bethune's going to get drafted. I think Kellen Deloach will get drafted. You think Akeem Dent will get drafted? <sighs> if you think that Kalen and Akeem will get drafted, you're talking about 13. So it's close. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really could get there, and that's without losing somebody like a Daryl Jackson or a Josh Farmer or a Patrick Payton. I mean, that's. It's crazy when you start to stack well, it up. It's a fun exercise, and it really does illuminate once again how far they've come and how much this roster has been built back up. And I do think, you know, when you're in the midst of a great run like this and you're 8 0 and you're hoping to play in the college football playoffs, certainly to win the conference, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily behoove you to get into this exercise of looking into next year. But I like to do it because I think the program is so upwardly mobile that it is fun to project what we're going to look like year over year. Now, you're never going to get it completely right because uh, the world is filled with surprises. Kids are fickle. Weird things happen. People get hurt. Other people out of left field decide to transfer. Sometimes you have opportunities to bring other guys in and play over certain guys. And so, you know, you're never going to get it 100% right. But when you start to put together the roster for next year, and I said this at the beginning of this year, when we had a lot of conversation about the importance of having a great season uh, this this year. You know, you brought up playoffs or busts. We talked about what is your definition of a successful season this year. We both picked 11-1. and one. Now it looks like they may go 12-0, and 0, knock on wood. Yeah, I had them losing this week. I don't think so. No, they're not going to lose to Pitt. I had them losing to Clemson, and they won that game in overtime. And once they did, I thought, wow, okay, well, that's the game I thought they were going to lose. They did not. Let's uh, buckle up here. We may go on a real run, a real run, like as in we'll be one of the last four standing. Now, when you're in the midst of that, it is weird to try to look ahead. But but if you do it from the standpoint of Mike's got this thing rolling right now, and from a recruiting standpoint, you got a, you got an elite class coming in. You're going to have to continue to to bulk up on your high school recruiting. You're going to have to do better, consistently better, moving forward. Getting certain players at certain positions. Certain positions, because you're going to have a top five class this year. Right. But you remember, recruiting is an awful lot about meeting needs. And so you may have a top five class and not meet needs in some areas, and therefore it's a little hollow. And, and, and so I'm not saying this is going to be a hollow class, but we know what positions I'm talking about and where some of that frustration lies. 
Let's see what they do. They're going to probably have to get somebody in the transfer portal at that position. Um, they've got a yeah. shot at some guys. There'll be a lot of opportunities. I mean, hell, at Michigan State alone, they have some opportunities, and they certainly hit the jackpot with their last Michigan State player. So it, it will be fascinating to see how this all works out. But I really think because you can, and we were talking about it before the break, because you can maybe largely bring back this offensive line. You know, so for example, you can bring back uh, maybe a healthy Robert Scott. Okay, that changes the dynamic all of a sudden. You could bring back a healthy Bless Harris. You could bring back your starting center. Um, you know, at some point, Mo has to move it along, but he's been a good college football player, and that's what he is. He's a very good college football player. He's not a pro in the making. He's a very good college uh, offensive lineman. extremely valuable to what we do, and we haven't cultivated many options behind him. And then Darius Washington, I would posit. Who, who you can bring back and start. Because anywhere. He, he's the most improved offensive lineman we have. And you can start him anywhere on the line. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if you tell me I've got a good offensive line, and now you tell me that, you know, maybe Daryl Jackson uh, gets to play a full season. Maybe he, you know, maybe the two starts he gets or the one start he gets in the playoffs, whatever it turns out to be, is not enough to get him elevated to whatever he sees himself as. I think at six foot five, 340 with those feet and that leverage, he should be a first-round pick. I think if he plays a full season, he will be a first-round pick. I don't know if he projects that way now. Maybe he does. Maybe yeah. he does, and he, he announces and he impresses everybody at the combine, and then you're screwed. But imagine getting him back. Practice film can be compelling, too. Very compelling. Yeah. And when you yeah. have those measurables, it, it there's no guarantee that he, he will come back just because he didn't play a lot just because he didn't get into games. Well, I think that's the other thing is as the market is regulating for retention, I think you're going to get to a place here where you get clarity in the next year or two about there's a hard line between when you should stay and when you should go in terms of the draft. Like if you don't care about anything but the money, your line of delineation is the third round yeah. or it's the 95th pick or something specific. I think you're going to get there soon when it comes to dollar values. It's almost like it's going to be able to you're going to be able to slot stuff yeah. as a collective. Not just the draft picks get slotted, we know that, but the collective will say, "All right, he's projected as a third round, so in order for us to retain his services, we've got to beat this slot." Well, we also know that some positions are greater value are of greater value in the portal than others. It's hard to find or at a high school than others. Uh, it's it's hard to find. We've been very fortunate. You don't see a lot of teams go out and get first round talent off the edge. I mean, we're like the only one. Look around, we're the only one. We've been able to bring in Jermaine Johnson and Jared Verse. That is crazy, and that isn't the norm. And from what I understand of how the market works, it's hard to get dominant defensive linemen in the portal. You can get a guy that that is coming up from a, a smaller school like we got Braden Fisk. You know, he he had offers obviously go to Notre Dame, Florida State, a couple of others, and he projected nicely, but there was a reason he went to Western Michigan and he wasn't a top tier five star coming out of high school. Those guys usually don't end up in the portal. And so either retaining somebody like a farmer or Daryl Jackson becomes of heightened importance. Or really going all in on maybe the lone dominant figure along that defensive line that's out there in the portal. You know, like trying to beat out a USC or beat out an LSU or beat out whomever. Like, you got to decide. Well, and this is where the long game that the coaches are playing can help you. The amount of reps that a Gilbert Edmond gets and a Byron Turner gets. It tells you that if you successfully retain, say, Patrick Payton, 
and you retain his services. Mm-hmm. You know how much you need, how much help you need, because you put those two players out there and so many live game reps, Gilbert Edmund and Byron Turner, that you know very well what you're willing to go, what lengths you're willing to go to to go get a second edge player. I think we can skate here. If there's a perfect fit, great. If there's not, I think we're graduating stuff up the ranks. That that's one of the benefits to the high rotation. But I don't think there's any doubt. I hadn't really counted Daryl Jackson as a um, potential retention candidate. It's possible, but. There's no doubt that Peyton, Farmer, and Daryl Jackson would be at the top of the list. I think in terms of price and in need. I need to look and see where some of the scouts that do this stuff on Twitter, on the condition of anonymity, you'll see guys who, a 26-year scout, you know, you can verify that kind of stuff, where they would have a a farmer at this point. I mean, because his potential is through the roof. He's only going to get stronger. He's had a magnificent season. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like the discussion we would have for sixth man in, in Leonard Hamilton's program. We have sixth man of the year, how many years running, and that dude would play 28, 32 minutes because he might be one of your best players, but you're hoping sixth man status and a limitation of the minutes might keep him in school just a little bit longer, but then Fiondu would get figured out, yeah. and we'd lose Fiondu, and Patrick Williams was a sixth man, and you couldn't keep that kid in the college ranks. Uh, it's going to be tough. By the way, I think we're going to like 6-7 VCU transfer Jameer Watkins. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 18 points, 6 of 6 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, 4 of 7 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, game high 5 steals. He did everything in 27 minutes as a starter in that exhibition game. And I was told by three very knowledgeable basketball people, you're going to like him. You're going to like him. So they need it. They need it. And by the way, Bob Miller... Played exceptionally well as well. He had 16 points, 6 of 9, 3 of 6 from the free throw line, but 9 rebounds, 3 block shots in 26 minutes. Looked like the kid that we signed last year before the NCAA screwed us. Okay, so it comes down to can Primo get the waiver, and then you might have something. Primo's not going to get the waiver. And unfortunately, I think, well, okay, I don't know that. I shouldn't say that. Boy, oh boy. I doubt Primo's going to get the waiver. Based on a couple of other rulings. It feels like there's a wink in there. Maybe a nod, too. I don't think he's going to get the uh, the waiver, buddy. He's still waiting, by the way. What do they take? I'm just saying he doesn't. he's not getting it. All right, All fine. Right. It's gospel now. I don't understand why the hell it takes this long for the NCAA to decide a oh, yay or nay on this, man. Yes, what are you, we doing? Yes, you do. You understand. It's it's they just, suck. Yes, they suck to high heaven. They but what suck are we worse do? than our offensive line did four years ago, Ooh, buddy. That's a real. That's high how level much they suck. suck. Yeah, it'd be nice because otherwise you've got some problems here, man. Uh, in the backcourt, I mean, obviously you know I'm not a big Jalen Worley fan. Speaking of our conversation, breaking of, news into the Jeff Cameron show, mm-hmm. and they tried. Um, now they, they they got some problems there. Got some problems in the back court, like the front court. Got some problems in the back court. <laughs> um, eh, we'll see. Uh, it's I know you don't want to talk basketball, but they're they're out there. You're trying. <laughs> you're efforting. I like that. After a couple of years of being beaten into the ground, you're trying in your brain to maneuver away into being in. Bubble contention at the end of the season. I can see that's the wheel that's turning right now. All right. Jameer Watkins, Baba Miller. See, this is it. Cameron Fletcher. The choo-choo is trying to emerge from the uh, the windpipe. 
By the way, Darren Green Jr. played a decent game. Still here. Oh, lest you forget. <laughs> Look at you. No, man, it's hard. It's 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 difficult. But hey, we're eight no football team. We don't need to do this right now. Just want you to know it's out there on the horizon. All right. What's higher? The percentage chance that we make the NCAA tournament or the amount, the amount of Zaxby's locations here in our fine Ninety eight Zaxby's. I'm going to go. That means lower. Lower, lower chance. Lower chance. The tournament. Uh, 98 Zaxby's to choose from in Tallahassee, Florida. What a capital city we live in. How about that? No chance you're starving if you need some chicken here, buddy. Zaxby's got you covered. 98 of them. And they do chicken fillies. They do the platters. You get the classic chicken sandwich with the split top bun and the thick cut pickles forget about it with the spicy zach sauce 330 window is an ideal time just to set the platter down and forget it and knowing that you're buying food from a guy that has been a golden chief booster for over 18 years so he's given back the successes of the zaxby's has directly led to donations to florida state halftime of the noon window that's when you go get your platter. Halftime of the noon window. Halftime takes 45 minutes in college football. It's a perfect time to get in the car and go. You know, that's an adjustment they got to make. We don't need all that. The NFL does it right. The NFL does a lot of things wrong, but they do that right. And the NFL halftime is cruel. It's like, get in there, get a glass of water. We're back out there. Let's go. If the uh, bathroom line is more than 10 deep. Yeah, you got a problem on your hand. You're going to be late. Yeah, you're going to be. They don't fool around on the NFL college. You're like, sweet Jesus. This is an entire ballet from this band. I mean, we've been here for days. I think that's the compromise that we could strike here, is that there's less piped-in music between plays. More mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. Okay. More, more band. I more want more band natural music. Yeah, more band. During the game. Stop this nonsense. This is not a defense chant in the garden because right. the Knicks and Bulls are playing in 97. Hey, your this Knicks is, are pretty good this year, by the way. They could very uh, well be. about the third or fourth best team in the East. Dolan's still alive yeah. and still owns the team. Still not my Knicks. I got it. Still. We're almost there. Just letting you know. I, but I will never. I'm sticking true to that. Until Dolan's dead or gone. Or leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to tune into some Knicks games. Come on. They're pretty good. They're a fun team to watch right now. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. You're going to tune into them more than you will the Clippers now the Clippers got hardened. It pissed me and my son off beyond reason. <laughs> we were driving yesterday. I was almost in tears. I had to be the one to break the news to him. Hey, I said, hey, son, you'll, you'll laugh about this because he loves the Clippers because of Terrence Mann. So I said, I have good news, bad news. I wondered if he was traded because, you know, oh, right, 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 wonder right. if he goes the other way. There it was. I said, here's the good news, bad news, son. And this is like I'm waking him up at 6.15 in the morning. So he's already bleary-eyed. And I said, I got good news and bad news. And he's, what's that? Terrence Mann is still a Clipper. He's like, okay, but you guys traded for Harden. And he's like, why? Why would anybody do that? And I said, I don't know. I don't know how that fat ass who gives up on his last three teams and never shows up in the playoffs still somehow convinces GMs to do really dumb things and pay him huge sums of money. It's crazy. I'm just, uh, but anyhow. I, I know. That. Well, we, you know what? We kind of fall back on the Sacramento Kings because De'Aaron Fox signed a jersey for my son. Oh, there you go. Got it sent in. Let's see, my wife is a Spurs fan, so they're super interesting now. <sighs> yeah, but boy, that's a, it's not a, that's not a good team. Not yet. No, they got a it's long a way to go. It's a ride they're going on. <laughs> they beat the Suns. They came back 115, on the Suns. 115, 114. I saw it. That was a crazy, weird, stolen win, but they got it. But I, I will tell you this, that um, I, I, I did laugh when uh, Wimby got dunked on. 
last night, but KD, oh, he dunked right on his oh, face. I, all I get is the box score. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know. Yeah. Like, so what did they do? I'm watching it. I'm watching it. But, yeah, it's it was a hell of a comeback. It was good, good for them. Back to our team for a second. Florida State football, before we break. I think they're going to be veteran-laden again next year and have a very good chance of winning the conference again. And that is a far cry from what we were talking about before the season began. I think they've got a very good chance. Now that we know that Brock Glenn can really play, and if Tate has to play, that's not the end of the world. No, he's been And fine. you've got an up-and-coming superstar crop of wide receivers. If they could ever get Vendravius Jacobs had it screwed on right, and he's part of that group too. Holy moly, man. Hakeem Williams, Destin Hill, Vendravius Jacobs. Hey, Goldie Lawrence doesn't suck either. Doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah, man. And next year will be Portier's year. You've got, I mean, and you, you got, got four or five dudes. And if you could yeah. ever get the stud Jeremiah Smith. Yes. And you also have a stud running back coming in, who I love. By the way, that kid's film is incredible. Cam Davis? Yes. Watch that kid's film. Low center of gravity, giant legs, moves effortlessly. Have you watched Jeremiah Smith? Yeah, film? yes. I'm with you, man. No, that I'm would, telling you. That see, this be, is what I'm saying. This is where we're getting. That's a stunning development if they could pull it off. Thebattlesend.com. <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to knollretirement.com. Now, that's one word, knollretirement.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Big Wednesday, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Yeah, I'd like to uh, see if we can't uh, continue to upgrade the offensive line while we're on the subject of, um, you know, the collective and NIL and transfer portal and all that good stuff. Maybe find a bona fide 
center. I mean, at some point, hey, you, man, know? you know, it, the thing is, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook at Florida State now for these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the fun part is for two reasons. Number one, you've proven that you can make people money, which is the most important. Then number two, it's a fun program to be around and you win. So people want to be a part of that. Before it was on faith. Like two years ago when we yeah, got Michael Pittman. In the dream. You had to believe in what he was pitching. Yep. Yeah. Pittman, Johnny Wilson, Deuce Span, Winston Wright. When those four came in, that's on faith. There is nothing on film at Florida State that says that you are going to be bettered by coming into this offense and playing with Jordan Travis. you got to believe in the message. Now, you don't have to pitch the message. You already know. You turn on the film, and you see I'm going to make money when I go to Florida State, and we're going to win a lot of football games. So that part of the calendar, I get excited for it. I Recruiting, I'm hot and cold with each year. Yeah. But transfer portal stuff is a lot of fun, and that's right around the corner. We've also been really good at it. And we've identified the right players. If we were Clemson, who cares about transfer portal season? You know, he doubled down yesterday. That's what he does. Oh, yeah. He's never wrong. He's never failed in his life. Never. Not failed at a thing, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. Well, it's just just good for us. Like, again, you see some of the telltale signs of instability within a program when the guy that's running it is, you know, he's got rabbit ears, he's sensitive, he's he's pushing back and argumentative with a fan base, with an entire fan base. You know, and he tries to couch it by telling everybody that he doesn't mean everybody, he just means the 1.5% that he's apparently identified as being ungrateful. And, you know, that's it's never a good look. We saw some of this with Jimbo. We see it with coaches all the time when they're having problems off the field and then those problems manifest in a way that affects the – performance on the field and so I don't know what's going on in his life I do know that uh, they're whatever they are in their last 12 six and six or something like that they haven't been a good football team and as of late and, and it is odd now you know what's weird about them and I continue to say it sometimes it's not necessarily quantifiable because look you could look at Clemson and if you look at the advanced statistics that you they would tell you they're a very good team but there they sit at four and four and at some point, it stops being incredibly unlucky because turnover luck is a thing, right? I mean, you can't really teach the skill. Uh, now, you can do things that help cause turnovers, like pressuring the quarterback, playing good defense on first down and getting them behind the chains. These kinds of things lead to opportunities to create turnovers. But once the ball's on the ground, it's kind of a hodgepodge of, uh, whoever gets it gets it. Sometimes you fall back on it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it okay. takes a weird hey. bounce and goes to somebody else's hands. Our first scoring drive yeah. this weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah. We were the benefic- beneficiaries of uh, good football luck. Yeah. So they have been incredibly unlucky, but this seems to now be a constant trend of being unlucky in the red zone, A. And then, and then B, you see it in other areas where, okay, this wasn't a turnover, but it might as well have been. When your quarterback decides to go rogue – and call his own number on a play down at the one-yard line when you have two veteran backs, one of which has proven his ability to get a yard time and again on better teams than this, meaning he was a part of the successful runs two years ago. That's extraordinary that you feel you can do that. That kind of entitlement is something to behold. And Dabo hates entitlement. <laughs> if, if nothing else, he hates entitlement So and takers. So think now, about that. revert back to the first game of the season and you could say that maybe it was uh you know they didn't see each other but now if you revisit the moment when Dabo has his hand outstretched 
for a little high five with his quarterback. And your boy just drugs on by. That could have been I didn't see him, but with the information that we have subsequent to that night, yeah. there is no doubt he There's saw a, him and said, screw you, I will not touch your hand, I sir. I think we would lean in that direction. There's a brokenness to what's going on at Clemson right now because they do have good players. I mean, they legitimately have good players. They're, they're everywhere. Really good players. Um, and, and one of the ways that I would tell somebody who would push back and say they've been really unlucky and that's really all that's going on here, you're looking too far into it, Jeff, you're, you're reading too much into this, okay, Explain 17 to 12 against Wake. That's the one. Explain it. We just saw that Wake team. Come on, man. Having watched that game last week to prep for Wake, all I walked away with was, oh, my God, now that is a culture that's loss. A, that's a cult, yeah. That you end up ahead at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, you won the game, but there were screaming alarms everywhere that Whoa. something is off because in no world with the talent that Clemson has at home, by the way, should that game ever be resembling anything close to 17 to 12. And so this is, you know, this is like, well, I remember, and coaches do this all the time, and he's done it this week, so this is why I bring it up. You know, Coach Bowden used to cite all of the close losses and say we were a play or two away. And at some point, obviously, I pushed back on that and said, no, you're not. No, you're not. At some point, if you're perpetually a play away, then you're not a play away. You're just not a good football team, and you don't make winning plays when the game is on the line. Well, when he would say that, he would conveniently ignore all the times they won close games that could have gone the other way. So you would only circle the times it didn't go your way, and you wouldn't acknowledge that you had several three-point wins in games you were 20-point favorites in (laughs) that could have gone the other way too. That showed a kind of continuity to the problems from game to game. And this is what's happening with Clemson right now, where you see like you're World's better than a Virginia. World's better than an NC State. World's better than a Wake Forest. And look at these situations that you find yourself in. Since you brought up the name Bowden, that reminds me of a time in which Tim Brando did his damnedest. He came into the studio. To, well, to argue that Dabo reminds him exactly of Bobby. Yeah, he was trying to do that, yeah. And that makes me finally recall the call-in show maybe 15, 20 years ago where Bobby Bowden said, I'm not going to let some little snot-nosed punk... Tell me whether I'm a success or not. Right. Some dumbass. That never happened. That never happened. That never happened. So let's yeah. stop the comparison thing between Dabo and but Bobby. Can you please? Not, not a lot of people do that anymore. Because uh, he's shown his ass enough. Yeah. Finally. Also, wow, and that's been going on. But what happens is it comes back to haunt you when you begin to lose games because the knives are out. And, you know, this happened with Jimbo. There was, you had a ton of Jimbo defenders for a while there who weren't aware of the stuff behind the scenes and off the field and, and you know, things that would maybe reflect poorly on his character or certainly on the decisions he was making at the very least. Then they start losing games and people start turning on the lights. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what, well, what is going on over here? Well, now you care because you're losing. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't care to acknowledge that situation for what it was when you were winning games, now you're looking at it and saying, oh, wait, this is there's something else going on here. Yes, there is. But Dabo, if you make a bowl, if you get to six wins this year, will you have a pizza party again? The problem, I mean, once you start going down this path, it is remarkably hard to turn it around. If you have a, a ruined culture, a broken culture, if there's distrust, the seeds of distrust have been sown. If that's true, it is awfully difficult to get it turned around. Devoid of a kind of mea culpa, come to Jesus sort of meeting with your players and yourself, can you be honest with yourself first and foremost? Can you look in the mirror and say, I'm part of the problem? 
do you think that the call-in show answer indicates that Dabo is, is capable is of that? capable of looking in the mirror and saying, I'm part of the problem? I think any responsible leader who values his job and wants to retain his position owes it to himself, certainly, to self-scout, quite literally. Not just the X's and O's, but how you go about doing the job and how you go about interacting with those that you see on a daily basis that aid you in doing that job. Not all leaders, not all successful businessmen or coaches in this case are capable of that, not without some serious evidence that it must be done. What I worry about is we've seen some evidence that Dabo does not have complete control the way that he thinks he does or the way we thought he did because they've made him make moves. And that tells me somebody else is aware. Unfortunately, it may work out because they'll get it done for him, even if he doesn't want to. He'll go kicking and screaming. He's not going to quit. He's making $11.5 million a year. He's not going to get angry when the AD or somebody above the AD says, this is what you're going to do. These insular hires that you keep making for guys that are inexperienced on this level are not going to get it done. We're going to go bring in this, 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 and this, and that's the way it's going to be. Now, you can quit, but, but that's what's going to happen. And he won't. I don't think. No, but I, I wouldn't think that the staffing is that much of an issue. They're recruiting well. They're playing well. Well, but the, they're I not playing well. They're losing games. They're in no, games but, against bad teams that they shouldn't be in bad in games with. But I'm talking about what, what you talked about last hour, which is there's a difference between rankings and power ratings. Like the, Most of the well, substantive yeah. things that they're doing they're, that are showing up in terms of yeah, this success is a cult, rate. Yeah, this is a culture problem, though. That's the issue. But they also have had a problem moving the football consistently. It, it's not me blaming the players for Dabo's ill. No, it's Dabo. Don't get me wrong. But I don't I don't necessarily think the coordinators are bad coordinators. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's, like, there's there's a jury to be had there. I mean, there's the, there's, the jury's out on that. we got to wait and see. I mean, they do not execute in the red zone. They're one of the worst red zone teams in the country. In it's fact, awesome. the, the worst. It's, it's amazing. Um, they've got some other issues there. I, one of your issues may be a quarterback, despite some really yep. big numbers. He's had some moments where you think he can play, but that He's you can't. Go. You, well, you can't have a guy just straight up defy the head coach in a goal line situation in overtime. I wouldn't even run him back out there. How could you? It because is. you've been through it at the Florida State game. If I'm a Clemson guy, so we went through this at the Florida State game that, boy, oh, shucks, I wish you hadn't handed the ball off there on third and one. We'll have to take that option away. That's my fault, I guess. And then you go even back farther to the Duke game. He's got to know when to slide. <laughs> and, and Dabo's killing him in the uh, – you know he's a young player. He had to know when to slide. You yeah, gotta, he killed you him in the press longer. conference, and that's also why he didn't slap his hand and okay. all that. Yeah. So there's two. There's two. And now you're telling me that there is no option for you to keep the ball and you do? You got to go. I'm sorry. You might be a Heisman candidate somewhere else, but you can't be for me. You have to leave. And now – well, it may work out in our favor, and that's why it comes up. It's not an overriding concern because we've certainly moved on now, but it is interesting that it could work out in our favor because those players that have gone to Clemson, many of whom Florida State's been in battles with, now have all the reason in the world to not go. You see, there is real trouble brewing there. The record on the field isn't good. You have discord. Now you can look over it in Tallahassee and come on down. 
what an interesting atmosphere it's going to be up there this weekend. If we had a bye week, I might drive up there just to take in the scene. If Notre <laughs> Dame rolling into town, they're going to be physical on both sides of the ball, and the crowd won't be behind Dabo's. He runs down oh, the hill. Oh, yes, they will. They bought into that oh. diatribe, buddy. Yes, they did. I think division is being sown between that fan base. They're I going hope through you're it right. right now. You have a few aware fans there, like Tyler, who call in and rudely ask questions, and he also didn't need to get into his pockets. But, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff is the sign usually that there are larger swaths of a fan base that feel that way, too. Uh, You can turn the other cheek if you want to. I think everybody's going to clap as he runs down the hill, but some of them will be looking at each other. You will have "Mm -hmm." some inspired rednecks who've bought that fire and brimstone nonsense from him for a long time. Some. And why would they not? He won them two national titles. I think as the seating levels get more expensive, I don't know if they've got 15 different oh, categories mean, yeah, of the, seating like the, we're aspiring the to. The educated folk there may see through it, sure. As you get to Epte, I don't know that it's a full-throated go-get-him Dabo. <laughs> I hope you're right. I hope what you're right. interesting atmosphere that's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Notre Dame. I don't love Notre Dame's offense. That could be... If they summon the care, yeah. they absolutely could. Yeah, yeah. That's 17 to 13. Oh, it's the under. I looked yeah. it up last night. I was ready to go. I bet the under already. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I jumped on that. Actually, I jumped on that on Monday. I was like, oh, we're betting the under. Yeah, Estime doesn't run away from anybody. So No, I, I would have The collision of that dude with Trotter, though. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Yet, Tom? No. Come on, man. There's bets to be made out there. Sorry. No, I'm not. Let's get it together. I'm immersed in us. This is, I mean, we're undefeated in the month of November for the first time since 2014. I've been you can, immersed. You can be immersed in us and still watch other things. There, there's other stuff happening that you can be focused on. Hockey being one of them. That's you true. Like, I you love like, the sport. You love the sport. You're a big fan. Um, you know, looks like the Rangers are going to win the World Series. Good for them, by the way. That will be uh, good for my poor buddy who will never forget the Nelson Cruz play and the pain in his heart that Cardinals come back. And that is the best texting restraint you've ever showed in your life when you were about to I'm send. I'm so glad. Congratulations as the ball is hit to right field. Can't cool. Oh, no. Oh, man. I texted him last night, though. When they were up 10 nothing. I took chances. And they got it to eleven seven. Eleven seven. It was really never that interesting. But uh, I texted, um, "We're close. We're close, sir, and I'm rooting for you." And uh, he goes, he said something I can't say, and then wrote, "You'll never. You, you know, I haven't thought, I haven't dared to dream like this in a long time. After Game Six in 2011, it's just been tough." <laughs> that is remarkable that that is 12 years ago now. I remember like it was yesterday when he dropped that ball, and then that was the, the AM dial and the freeze home run, and you know everything. You're like, oh my god! You told that story, this. yeah, on and the I, AM, on the AM dial, yeah. 
Yeah, for those that don't know that story, I have a friend who's a huge Texas Rangers fan, has been his whole life. Nolan Ryan's his favorite player of all time. He loves the Rangers, follows the minor leagues, knows everybody that's coming up. And if you guys remember that World Series, they were on the cusp of winning it. And you have a couple of unfortunate plays. Most notably, Cruz doesn't make a catch out in the outfield. Then they give up a home run that goes to Game 7. Cardinals win it. And uh, he was a strike away, one strike away from winning the World Series, not once but twice in that series. And they uh, – can you imagine that? One strike? Not a game. A strike? <laughs> I felt something similar but not quite like that. No, that is – that's – you're like, mm. Well, you know what it's done to me is that at the – now, a few years back, obviously, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was now, when the Pirates had that 98-win team and got beat in the playoffs three years in a row, um, you know, I knew once McCutcheon was gone and half the team was gone after that, we were going to go right back to being the losers that we are with no payroll, and that's what we did. And so I knew that the window had shut – but standing back and watching friends have opportunities, friends' teams have opportunities. Some succeeded, some did not. Some have gotten to the precipice, and others have, you know, felt that sting of disappointment. Some have felt both. Like Braves fans right now can say they felt both. They, had a, they, they got the World Series run, they won the ring, and then they turned around and set records here a couple years later and then get beat in the first round of the playoffs. You're like, so you're like, well, good Lord. It's a cruel game. Hammered home by the fact there are more teams allowed into the postseason and you get weird results. And so because of that now, if the Pirates are good again at any point here in in the rest of my lifetime and they do make it back, I'm going to have zero expectations. I'll just celebrate getting to the playoffs. I'll want them to win badly. I'll watch. I'll eagerly anticipate each game. But I will not have expectations because if you win 104 games and you have the best offense and defense in the league, or you win 100 and whatever games, you know it may not matter at all. The team you face, that particular series, could have a guy who is painting. Two nights in a row, you're in a 2-0 series, and you're done. You're about to be swept up out of here after 162 games of kicking ass. Yeah, the moment that uh, still sends me off staring into the ether a little bit. <laughs> It's uh, first and second, nobody out. Cliff Floyd coming to the plate. Was still in his prime. Cliff Floyd Good strikes out. Cliff Floyd. Strikes out. Then Jose Reyes comes to the dish. Mm. Didn't know that he was a chicken just yet in his life, and also uh, not so great off the field either. Lines out to center. Then Paula Duca walks, and you got bases loaded for my man Carlos Beltran. And you would think down 3-1 to one to a team that lost 47 games on the road. Yep. 47. They were 34 and 47 on the road where the 83 win Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I think you got a shot there, don't you? Probably. No, nope. no, you don't. You're going home. You're done. Cancel your flight. Cancel your tickets to game three of the World Series. It's over. That was a tough moment, Tom. It was. Not as tough as me watching Sid Bream slide home on one leg. And, 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 oh. The game See, was already tied, though, wasn't it? At that point? The, the, as he's rounding third? Well, you lose the game on that play. Yeah, and, yeah. Yes, and you had the lead in the ninth and all of that. So, yeah. The Terry Pendleton double that starts it off where I'm like, oh, they're going to lose. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. And then you have a bum trailer salesman like Francisco Cabrera close his eyes and accidentally hit a single. There's all kinds of stuff there, buddy. It's just painful. 
Yeah, hurts. The yeah. game of baseball is crueler than most. Part of me thinks that Aaron Heilman was pitching for you guys that night because <laughs> he's the one who gave up the ninth inning home run in 06. But, you know, here's what's good. Here's what's good. Baseball made some real improvements this year. Uh, the criticisms going into the season when they made these changes were maybe in order. There are too many strikeouts, not enough balls put in play. The games are sluggish, too long. Umpires miss way too many calls. That's Tom's number one thing. Strike ball situation is dreadful. Uh, ninth inning. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a recent ninth yes. inning situation. Yes. yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, too many pitchers. You could, you know, all this stuff, right? Well, pitch clock changed things in dramatic ways. Cut down the game's sluggishness and length. I mean, hell, even with 10 pitchers the other night and longer commercial breaks for the World Series, the game was three hours. Even with all that. And, you know, the strikeouts, balls in play problem didn't get much better, but runs are up, batting averages are up, stolen bases are through the roof. So a lot of things changed to make the game more enjoyable to watch, and uh, those changes were a raging success for baseball. I loved watching 70s and 80s baseball during the pandemic when there was nothing on because of the pace of the pitching. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's come back to. It, the ball, what I've learned about myself this year as a viewer, the ball doesn't necessarily have to be put in play as pitch. much as we all want, as long as the pitch is coming. The next coming. thing is happening, yes. As long as the, the next, next thing, thing is happening, because, and, yeah. 15 to 20 seconds is reasonable. You can still have a conversation while that's going on. And they got rid of the shift. That helped. Yeah, yeah a lot of stuff helped there. Yeah. Yeah. And they, did, they did a good job. Now you get those robot umpires going. I think we're closer than ever before. Yeah. Come on now. You got, yeah. You got guys missing calls that are, you know, you got guys calling strikes that are seven, eight inches off the plate. Three, one, or two, two in the ninth inning. Like, that's a big damn deal. We all, we all know the one, one pitch is a humongous one. They get that wrong all the damn time. God, one and two. There's no more lonely feeling than one and two when it should be two and one. Oh, man. Well, if you're a young lad or lassie would like to play baseball or softball and wants to get better at it, Power Mill is where you can go. Teach them the fundamentals. Get them out there playing their best version of the sport that they love and want to get better at. PowerMillSports.com is the website. Find out about their instruction. Find out about their camps, all that good stuff. They play tonight. I don't think so, right? Do they? Do I got that? No, right? they play tonight. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, here we go. Go ahead. Fire it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Nathan Evaldi going for the Rangers. Zach Allen going for the D-backs. Up against it. Maybe the last one. Maybe the last one I get to do. So look at those that shall reside on the bump. Don't forget tonight, 7 o'clock, Tom and myself will join forces yet again. We do frequently. And we will at 7 for the JCS Interactive. We hope you'll join us. Make sure you're there. Brought to you by our friends at The Battle's End. TheBattlesEnd.com. Learn more. Go buy one of the uh, quarter zips. Gorgeous. And it's the weather that you can wear them. I'm going to apologize to Director Matthew right now. I have one for him. It's right next to my front door. Got to... I'll bring that for you. I got to get you the wooden thing from Pete Mercer, and I got to get you his. Yeah, that'll be tomorrow. You're just storing stuff that were meant for other people for months at a time, Tom. What's I'm such a hoarder. <laughs> you got to get it together. Good job, Christian Bale and Kermit. 
Good work, Director. Good work, Tom. Thanks to all of you. See you guys tonight. Peace.